timeouts left. The Lakers have two. Bryant to shot. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday night. Happy NBA Finals Eve. It is 48 minutes. We are here. Not talking about the Boston Celtics and the NBA championship. Thank goodness. But we're not going to talk about game eight. <laughs> Don't let him win game eight. Don't let him win game eight. Um, but we are going to be talking a little bit about, you know, the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets because uh, that is our NBA Finals matchup. I am Tim Daniel. I am here with Parker Fields and Josh Hayes. What's up, gentlemen? How are we tonight? What's going on? Ready to talk some playoffs, man. NBA what a, Finals. What a fun, fun postseason we had, man. It was like, uh, you know, 16 was obviously like incredibly fun. Um, this is up there with me. Up there for, it was 16 for me. I'm with you. This was, I mean, 16, though, to be honest with you. I mean, the East was just a shit show. Like, it was just LeBron running through that conference. So, like, the Eastern Conference wasn't great. Obviously, the Western Conference playoffs was much better. So, honestly, like, pre-finals, I think this is more of a, like, balanced and competitive playoffs yeah. outside outside that Western Conference finals. But even those games were super competitive. It was just the Nuggets won every game, but yeah, you can't you can't always look at what the final series numbers are because sometimes it doesn't dictate how the games were played. Yeah, because all those games were down to the wire in the final minute of the game. They just lost every game, is what happened. But they were all really close throughout. Yeah, it was. Um, I think we definitely did get the right two teams, um, as far as who's representing who, and I know. That's wild to say, considering the Miami Heat were the eight seed in the East and were this close getting knocked out in the play-in. Um, but I do think that you know they earned where they're at, the way they played through the postseason, the way that like they overcame so much stuff. You know what I mean? So like, you lose to Atlanta, and it's like I have to win this game against the Bulls or my season's done. Oh shit! There are three minutes left and we are losing. We have to figure out a way to pull this off, and Jimmy Butler does. You go to Milwaukee, I know Giannis gets hurt, and you're like, all right, well, you know, they got game one. And then Giannis comes back and they're up 2-1, and they've got the Bucks have that big lead in game four. And then Butler goes crazy in the fourth quarter, gets a triple double. They win that, they go on to win the series. The Knicks series, I kind of always felt like they were gonna win. It wasn't like this, like, oh man, you know, like I I I liked what the Knicks, I liked that Knicks team. I just felt like the Heat were just gonna show they were tougher, and they were. Um, and then the Celtics series, we know, you know, up 3-0, come back to tie the 3-3. And then Caleb Martin is unbelievable and eliminates the Celtics. Um, do you guys think they picked the right person for Eastern Conference Finals MVP? Because it was 5-4 to four, Butler to Martin in voting. But I think you could have really gone either way between those. I'll say this. Do I think Jimmy Butler was the best player on the Heat throughout the series? Yes, who do I think was more valuable to them winning that series? Yeah, Caleb Martin, because he was 
like they don't have a second option really without hero in there. Cause bam, he's great, but he's not a scorer. Like you're not right. going to throw the ball on the block to bam to go to work. And Martin stepping up definitely is the reason they won that series. So value wise. Yeah. I would have given it to Caleb Martin. <laughs> I mean, it could have went either way. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I don't, I don't care. I think it was. I, I definitely say if you were just picking off a game seven alone, it's Caleb Martin all day long. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like uh, the 9 finals and Kobe got finals MVP, but Ron Artest was so good in game six and game seven. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, yeah, should Ron Artest really have won finals? Because Ron Artest won game seven. I'm, like, sh- I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm sure we're going to get into this, Tim, but I want to tackle this like right away because I saw a bunch of stuff today about like how Denver's got this easy path to the finals because they played a – a seven seed in the Lakers and they played the four seed and the eight seed. I was like, well, protocol says if you're the number one seed in the West, the first round you play the eight seed. Right. And then if you win, potentially the best seed that you could possibly play is the four seed. Right. And then the goal is to play the one versus two in the finals, but the Lakers just happen to be really good in the playoffs, knocking out the, knocking out the two seed. Exactly. And then beating golden state. But now, now it's everybody's on this. Well, they're in the finals playing an eight seed, like it's unfair. And I, I don't think people realize that the same exact almost Miami team last year was in Game Seven right. of the Eastern Conference Finals, down two with like sixteen seconds left, and Jimmy Butler almost made a three to go up one. And we're talking Warriors Heat in the finals last year versus. Warrior Celtics and so like it was almost it was almost like they underachieved being in the playing game versus oh Miami's an eight seed so like I don't buy the whole eight seed thing especially I don't either they were last year and I think about after that first playoff uh win that they had against the Bucks we all were on here talking about how we felt like Miami was playing possum and I still think Miami's probably one of the four or five best teams in the East, even though they were the eight seed. So, like, I'm not really buying this whole, like, Denver's playing an eight seed in the finals. I think that the NBA is right. more competitive and equally balanced out this year than it probably has been in a really long time. And um, there was a lot of teams that had a chance that could have potentially played in the finals. Like, it wouldn't have shocked me if Denver would have lost to somebody and somebody else would have made it in. Um I just think that people are looking at that number eight and they're saying, oh man, this is the only second eight that Miami's not an eight seed. I don't care what you say. Yeah. Yeah. And that, no. that Knicks eight seed is very, very questionable as you know, because it was a half, it was like a, it was basically a half season. And they were only like what, four or five games out of the one seed or something. The yeah. seeding was just like all mushed up. I know I wasn't alive, but I, 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 I know basketball before I was born still. I've watched a lot of stuff. But. Yeah. The New York <laughs> Knicks blood by at point guard by Heisman Trophy winner Charlie Ward. Is that Charlie like the, Ward, the weirdest? Well, Grandma Ma. Houston. That was like Larry Johnson's last good year. Ewing's I'm, too. I feel like. Oh man, I feel like anytime you see the Seattle SuperSonics Patrick Ewing jersey, you're like, that's so weird. The Magic what? one's weird too, but the Seattle one is super weird. Hakeem on the Raptors. That's the weirdest of all time. That's definitely <laughs> just the weirdest. Like, um, yeah, that's you know. I wanted like, to. 
I want to ask you guys thoughts on something. So did you guys see like how the new CBA is pretty much going to be set up with like how they're going to be able to afford people pretty much? The NBA is pretty much going with the there's going to be no more big threes the way stuff's set up. It's going to be you got two guys to pay 50 plus million dollars to and you got to fill in the rest of your roster with like 60 or 70 million bucks. That's pretty much how the new CBA is going to be. And honestly, I like that. It'll make the NBA more balanced how it is right now, like where it's just going to be like you got dynamic duos across the board. So you got a bunch of really solid teams and you don't got any two overpowered teams or anything like that. Yeah, I think it definitely makes the draft more important. Um, you know, you look at a team like Denver, who's in the finals right now. Their two best players are guys they drafted, guys that they developed, guys that they brought up. Um, so I think those teams are going to get rewarded a lot more. Um, it kind of, gonna... but it kind of screws over a team like the Thunder because they're not going to be able to pay all those guys the way it right. Is. All You're those right. guys are going to want Maxes, Giddy, J Dub, Shea, and um, who am I? Well, Shea, I think Shea's on a max now. Yeah, but. Who else? Oh, and Chet. Yeah. And then whoever they get this and year. And Lou Dort, he still commands probably 20, 25 mil, the way type of player he is on the market. True. So with this, so with the new CBA, um, and it goes through, like how would that affected a team like the Warriors? Right. I don't think they would have been able to, yeah, keep them together. So basically what you're saying is, is, is if guys aren't willing to take pay cuts, and yeah. build through the team like we're never going to see a dynasty probably ever again if it's one of those things where you can't keep teams together because you know how hard it is to just put a team together in a season and win i mean even the lakers built their season at the at the at the trade deadline and, and made, made a good a run. run at it yeah and they made a good run at it but they uh they fell short yeah um it does. It certainly is. Yeah. Like the Warriors, obviously that's kind of like the prime with uh, the Jordan pool contract, which they're probably like, damn it. Couldn't the CBF come out a year earlier um, with that contract? We gave that guy and how he played in the playoffs. But... I still don't know how Wiggins got a smaller contract than Jordan pool. I know. I, I know. still don't understand that, but because <laughs> like Wiggins was really, really good in the finals last year against Boston. I think he really just really good. He hadn't played basketball in three months. I think that was, and it's not like he was horrible in the playoffs, but I think that was, why he wasn't as good. He just hadn't played basketball. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I certainly agree. I think, you know, you can make that case. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I think it would be a good for the, for the, for the, for the league. It'll make it a little more balanced. Like you said, Parker, um, you know, if you draft like the warriors where like they had that run where every draft hit where every pick hit and the Curry through Draymond run, then yeah, it's probably not going to be great. But if you have a situation like Denver where, you know, you hit on it. <laughs> you, you hit three guys, right? If you count Michael Porter, yeah. Um, and you're like, all right, cool. Well, we can build around this. That's not a problem. Um, I think it'll make it a little harder for like a Laker situation, right? Where it's like we've got LeBron and Davis. Um, that'll make it a little more interesting. But you know, if you're a team like Cleveland, you probably feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Does it uh does it kick in? next offseason i want to say i think 24 yeah 24 okay. offseason so it won't affect this year's free agency i was uh thinking about like this like the suns last year no way in hell they matched deandre ayton's contract with the right. new cba because you pretty much have like your top two guys or whatever and then outside of that for the rest of your roster so like there's no way in hell they were gonna sign deandre ayton for i don't even know what his contract is it's a lot of money <laughs> I think right now they wish they didn't. Yeah, no. Yeah. 
Um, by the way, it's with you saying that, I just want to say real quick. I know he had a god terrible game seven, but all this like Jalen Brown sucks conversation right now is very silly. It's very, very silly. If the Celtics really put Jalen Brown on the market tomorrow and we're like, hey, we're listening to offers, I bet you 22 teams call call to say, like, what's it gonna take? I uh, saw yeah. I saw a mock today where it was straight up trade for uh Jalen Brown for Dame Lillard. If I'm the Celtics, I wouldn't do that. Jalen Brown's seven years younger or whatever. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that personally. I heard same two teams, Jalen Brown for the third pick. So the Celtics could get scooted. And Simons. And Simons, yeah, I've seen that. That that, that intrigues way, me. That would be much more worth it. That intrigues me. Uh, yeah. I still wouldn't do that, though, because you're trying to win now. Like, you got – I mean, if you're going to keep your core intact, I just don't understand how moving on from Brown for Simons and Henderson in the immediate future helps. And I just feel like you have two of the top – 15 to 20 players in the league, like Brown's in that 15 to 20 range. Yeah, I'd both say. guys were all NBA. And they're both six, eight plus wings. Like, I just don't think you break that up. And they're both 25 and 26, I think is how old they are. So I just don't think you break that up. I don't think they will. Um, but I know, you know, like, I'm not really upset that J- with Jalen Brown for having a bad offensive game because, like, you know, it's basketball. Mm-hmm. Where I'm disappointed in Jalen Brown is remember when we used to count on him as like this really good two-way player that could just really defend anybody. You felt really comfortable if he was in isolation. He basically quit playing defense, just completely just like either he lost the ability or he just stopped doing it. It's one or the other. I don't think you lose the ability to play defense. Right. So it's the peak of your athleticism. Yeah. Now when you get older, yeah. But when you're at the peak of your athleticism, I don't think that's a thing. So it's definitely the latter um with brown the one like thing he struggles with so badly and you saw it on full display in that game is he can't dribble (laughs) that's the problem with this game his handle it's so erratic and like you watch him and marcus smart just like make dumbass turnover after dumbass turnover and they're not even like forced like it'll just be like dribbling on off their foot like stuff like that it's just like i don't know and you needed him to step up, obviously, the other night because Tatum was hurt, and that was obvious. You could tell from after that first play, Tatum just wasn't himself at all. Yeah. I talked to somebody about that, somebody in the league about that, where they were like, if Tatum doesn't get hurt to the Celtics win, I was like, I don't know, man. They lost by, like, 26. He's like, yeah, but Tatum is their heart and soul. Tatum is what they built their whole team around. You count on Jason Tatum. They're like, if you have Jason, if like, like think about it this way, if Jimmy Butler gets hurt on the first play on that same possession to the Heat win, and I was like, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. That's yeah, a good point. I just don't like playing the what if game. Like, if I don't on, either, because if they're if they're out of the game, yes. But like, if you're able to play, like, obviously LeBron was not healthy during that. Like, he was sluggish as hell and slow as hell. Like, it was obvious. Um, but he's playing, so there's no excuse about it, in my opinion. And the same thing with Tatum. If you're able to play, then, like, I just don't like playing the what if. I, I'll play it if they just didn't play whatsoever. But, like, if you're on the court out there, then you're not you're not hurt. <laughs> like, obviously, you're less of yourself, but I don't know. I just don't like playing that. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. Um, all right, let's talk about the finals, guys, because we're here. And this is great. Um, like we said, what a fun fun 
media will say Cinderella run for the Miami Heat. I'm sure that they hate that term because they don't like any of the pretty boy stuff. Um, and they're going to look at it as like, we were just tougher than everyone. And they probably were, you know, they probably were tougher than everyone. Um, but this is like, so, you know, if you read anything, it's, oh, Denver's going to wipe the floor with them. Denver's just going to destroy them. Denver's going to kick their ass. And Denver's definitely the better team. I'm not trying to like, dis- like downplay that. But I feel like it'd be really silly to just say once again, well, he'd have no shot. And look, game one, they're nine and a half underdogs. They don't care. They do not give a shit. You could call them 20-point dogs. They're going to go out there and they're going to play and they're going to try to find their best way to win. Um, this is, but like, you know, like I said, Denver is obviously great. and We're going to talk about both sides of it. But um, what's the one thing that jumps out to you to the most when you look at how these huge teams match up in this series? For me... Um, it's the, it's how fluid Denver's offense is versus how stagnant Miami's offense is. Yeah. And I know my Miami is a defensive minded team, but Denver is so, so good at moving the ball around and just finding the open guy and they knock down shots, man. They knock mm-hmm. down shots. They got, you know, four guys that shoot over 40% from three point range. Um, and, and, And I was going to touch into this earlier because obviously these two teams played already in the season. They played two. They played two games. They played a home and home. And um, when you look at the games, they were both really close. Uh, I think the first game, Denver won one twenty four to one nineteen, and in that game, that game kind of ended the same way how the Lakers series went, where. Denver was struggling a little bit. And then Jamal Murray just had like this flurry of, I think he, he went on like seven straight points um, with like less than two minutes in the game to kind of put Denver up and uh, give him the win. And then Joker had a triple double in the game. But the difference is in that game is that guys like Tyler Hero played. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Strauss, Struss was, was a big part of that. But the second game they played, the trade happened. So like, there were there were guys oh, yeah. on Denver's team that they didn't have before, like uh, Bruce Brown, and uh, that game was actually a little closer. If I do not recall, if I do recall, I remember at the end of that game, Jimmy Butler caught a ball underneath the basket and missed like a point blank bunny. Like he like he could have dunked it, but he tried to lay it in and it like laid up on the rim and fell down. And Denver got the rebound and went down and shot some free throws and won one twelve one oh eight. So both games were really competitive and real close. So it makes me see. It makes me feel like the series is going to be competitive and close, just like that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And the thing that jumps out to me on why I think the Heat can be more competitive and win a couple games, um, like the Lakers didn't, is because I think the Heat have the luxury of being able to throw more bodies at Jamal Murray. Like the Lakers just physically couldn't play Jared Vanderbilt in that series, even though he could have been a great defender on Murray because of his offense. And I think the Heat, their guys, they can throw at them. Caleb Martin, great, great defender, great offense player as well. And then when it gets into crunch time, you can throw Jimmy on him because I don't think they're going to have Jimmy play defense on him for 48 minutes, but I do think they're going to throw Jimmy on him in the last six minutes of the game. And I think they just have that luxury where they can throw more size at him and they're not going to have Dennis Schroeder on 
Jamal Murray like the Lakers did. And Schroeder's a great defender. He's a plays his ass off, but he just didn't have the size. And what Murray struggles with is size and physicality. And I mean, even Kyle Lowry for some minutes, like that dude yeah. plays hard as shit. Like his flopping annoys me, but I mean, that guy is one of the hardest competitors you'll see in the NBA. Like he plays his ass off every play and he's almost 40 years old out there diving for every loose ball. <laughs> I don't know how much, I don't know how much playing time the guy will get. Um, I don't really know. He seems, he seems to be right around Murray's height. Um, but Tim, you sent a text the other, uh, the other night when they were playing about Highsmith. Mm. Um I don't know if he's an, he's probably another guy. Like if he gets some clock, they they'll throw probably throw at him. at him as well too. Cause yeah. it seemed like the, the minutes that he put in the game, like he was all over the place. Yeah. He's um he's definitely a high effort dude for sure. Um, Not, you know, you're not counting on him to make buckets. Hopefully not. Dude, then you're in a lot of trouble if you are, but man, I love his defensive effort. Absolutely love it. And just another typical Miami Heat find this guy that no one knows about, and they bring him in. I guess he had like 10, 10 games with the Sixers in 18, like a few years ago, uh, maybe 21 Form- a year. Never even played a minute of Division One college basketball. He's D D2 player too. Yeah. I don't know and, where the hell they find these guys, but. Yeah, I looked. He's actually the only player from his school- college to ever play the NBA. Yeah. So. Um, he's a good player, but you know, like when he's, you gotta give him credit. Um, Tyler hero. I know they said his resumed basketball activities. Have they full on declared him out yet for, for the series? Um, no, they think he's going to play game three is what they're saying. Ooh. In Miami. You get the but, crowd going. but my question is if they're down two Oh going there. Yeah. He'll play. He'll play. But right. if it's one, one, or do you screw that up or Oh, two, they have a two Oh lead. Like, do you, I don't, know if you do unless like you start getting down and you need an offensive spark but like if Duncan Robinson and Struess and Vincent and Lowry have it rolling like I don't know if you mess with that in the NBA finals I don't know if you do most coaches I agree with you Spo is just a different animal I think Spo would know the buttons to press to make that work you know what I mean? There's just something about yeah. the way he executes and his X's and O's and his intelligence that, you know, and this isn't a knock on Mike Malone. Mike Malone. What, what I'm saying is if they're up 2-0, I don't think you play Tyler Hero. Like if you're flowing that well, you think you're think think saying so. if, if the Heat, if it's 2-0, yes, if it's 2-0 oh, okay. going to Miami, I don't think you do that. I just think that's too, you're too much in rhythm as a team. I don't think you bring in a guy that's ball dominant too. I love Tyler Hero, but he is ball dominant. I don't think he's going to be cool with, and he can't defend me. Like seriously, like he's not a good defender. Um, I just I, I think the way they're playing defense right now and everything. Like if you just need a spot up shooter, Duncan Robinson shoots it better just spotting up. So, well, that, it's funny that you brought that up, Parker, because uh, in the in the Boston series, Caleb Martin forty nine percent from three point range. Mm-hmm. Duncan good? Robinson, 49% from three-point range. Two and um, Kayla, or, uh, Vincent, 52% from three-point range in the series. Seven so like, games. So, like, do you mess with that? Do you mess with that? Because you've got guys that are in rhythm knocking shots down. And we've said all year, like, can't believe that Miami paid Duncan Robinson that contract. And then you bring him in and cut tr- crunch time and he delivers. Yeah. Yeah, you can say that again. He was one of those, like, 
guys with a bad contract though that like it didn't feel like his time as an NBA really solid player was over if that makes sense like it was like if he's in a different like Duncan Robinson can play like he just isn't a good defender straight up but like the dude can shoot the lights out there's a spot for him it's not like a a Fournier where it's like yeah this guy needs to be in Spain next year he does not need to be playing in the NBA anymore yeah it's you know I see what you're saying I really do I just have a hard time believing if Tyler Hero wasn't healthy that the Heat wouldn't use him in a game like this, where you're going to have to probably match buckets with the Nuggets in some circumstances, I think they're going to get as many bucket getters as they can get. You really think, though, if they're up 2-0, like, and say game three is, like, going well too early, like, you think they're going to do – I just don't see that. I'm going to be honest. I really don't see that. Because, like, that means Duncan Robinson's minutes are going to get diminished big time. And same thing with either Vincent or Struess, one of the two. And Highsmith won't even touch the floor if that happened. I just yeah, I don't but know. can you can you can you figure out a way though if you do get Tyler Hero back in the mix to give Jimmy some rest because yeah, um, that could you help. know he's averaging you know he's probably right at forty minutes a game and you know once yeah. you hit that forty minute mark in the playoffs like you start to get tired real fast. And the Heat, even in the finals, of all the NBA teams who made the playoffs, are eleventh in pace. And this, you know, the Nuggets play very fast. Yeah. Play very, very fast. Uh, so you're going to have to kind of, you know, you're going to have to balance that out. Um, you know, like you said, like when you do have Lowry in the game, you know, he's obviously there to kind of get you in your sets in the half court and kind of get the ball rolled in and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Well, Denver, I'm, I'll go ahead, Tim. No, you're good. I was going to say, I'll go to, uh, I finish yours and I'll go to the next one. Oh, I was just going to say, Denver's also built different. So they I are. think Miami's going to go with a different type of game plan. Like Kevin Love didn't play. Like he's going to have to play, I think, at some point to try yeah. to put some bodies on Jokic. Like, or, you know, because Bam, Bam can't guard Jokic for, you know, who can't. Cody Zeller. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to figure out like what they're going to do here. This might be like uh, the old Shaquille O'Neal days when you just like put a guy in just to take some fouls. Yeah. Like, I mean, it took the Lakers till literally game four to realize, Oh wait, Tristan Thompson can still play in right. minutes. He can still play defense and dunk. <laughs> it took them till game four. It's like, hopefully the heat realize earlier on, you got to throw more size at him. And like, that's why I think Bam's honestly the most important player in this entire series because he's going to be asked to defend Jokic but also initiate a lot of the Heat's offense. So it's like he's going to be asked of a lot this series. Yeah, he is. Um, role players I think are going to be really interesting in this series too. Uh, specifically on the Denver side of things because we know, we know how deep Miami's bench is going to go if Hero's there. We know how deep it's going to go if he's not there. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about like, yeah, I agree. Bam cannot guard Jokic for 48 minutes. It's just not, he's going to play 45 plus minutes. Like he's going to play 45 minutes every game. I expect though. I, I do. Really do. Yeah, I really do. Um, you know, is that a situation where like you bring Kevin Love in, like Josh said, and he plays on Aaron Gordon for a few minutes. Is that a situation where like you kind of do what Davis did where he kind of like plays like free safety almost where, you know, he just like attacks when he gets in the paint. So those are going to be really, really interesting. I think, like I said, I, I really trust Spolstra to kind of have like those dynamics 
put into their game plan because I think he knows what to do. And I just, I, I, you got to trust him at this point, right? Like this is his sixth NBA finals. So as the head coach of the Miami heat, the only team that's been in the finals more than the heat in the two thousands are the Lakers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Warriors have been, well, in... yeah, the Lakers been seven times. No, yeah. eight times, eight times actually. Well, yeah, they you're say, right. They, what is it? Since 2006, the heat's been there seven times. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm trying to think in my head now. So seven times in 2006. Four four of them were the, the – I mean, I'm not going to lie. Spolstra's – three I'm really – but like – or two of them are really, really impressive with the Jimmy Butler era. I think that is so much more impressive to say since Jimmy Butler got there, Spolstra's drawn, done this with that much talent. Let's be real. A lot of coaches could have taken that Heat team to the finals. Maybe, but a lot of people – could they have made that work? I mean, they did lose twice. They did lose <laughs> twice. <laughs> I'm just one, saying, like, one that time team... they got ran out the gym. Yeah. 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 It's a. Uh... What do you guys. Where does this run, this Jimmy Butler run, put him amongst all time Miami Heat players? So Wade's obviously one, right? Like, he is the heart and soul of the Miami Heat franchise. LeBron's the second best player on the Heat, I'd say, ever. Yeah, two two MVPs, two NBA championships, two Finals MVPs. Then maybe would like go, Alonzo Morning. I was gonna say, would you go Alonzo Morning three? Yeah, I'm kind of with Parker though. Like, clearly LeBron was the better player in Miami. Right. But what Jimmy's done is probably more impressive than what LeBron did, only because oh, LeBron had two other guys there with him that are bona fide Hall of Famers. Yeah, and um, that. That's why I'm saying when they talk about like the Spolstra stuff, I'm like, they should really mention what he's done the last four years. Honestly, is or even just after LeBron is so much more impressive to me because like that Heat team was stacked. <laughs> like, seriously, yeah, LeBron was a different breed then, and then you got Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch with him, so like they were going to make the finals, I feel like, with a lot of coaches. And like you said, and really the first two years, the first two years they were there, Dwayne Wade was like his normal self. Like, Yeah. yeah. That he was, was Flash. He was Wade. still Flash. Basically it was really until, the last year. It was really the one he fell off was 2014. was the last year. Like, okay, D. Wade's a little old now. Yeah, it was basically the infamous 2012 Game 6 Eastern Conference Finals when it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I gotcha. This is how this is going to go. Um, and rightfully so, but yeah, I think, um, you know, and look, I'm not trying to take anything away from Mike Malone. I think Mike Malone's a great coach. I think he got a raw end of a deal in Sacramento and you're seeing now how good of a coach he is, obviously, because like, yeah, they've got Jokic. Yeah. They've got Murray, but like you knew to get Bruce Brown who was on a team that was going to the playoffs also on that side and did really well for them. Uh, Christian Braun, who they drafted been pretty darn good player for them. Um, Aaron Gordon, who like we all were kind of like, yeah, he's a good dunker, and now he's like a huge role player for them. That was almost an all star this year. He's the you know, shout out the Orlando Magic, but um, I think this is going to be a really, really interesting X's nose and execution matchup between these two because it's you can make the case these might be the two best as far as like on the floor game plan coaches in the league. Kerr's obviously in that conversation. 
I mean, you just like Pop just has no talent right now. So right, like, right. <laughs> you just gave it. You can't what even is talk Pop, about Pop. What, what is, is Pop going to look like with Wemby? Yeah, yeah. His best player is Keldon Johnson. Shout out hey, Keldon Johnson. But, Olympic gold medalist Keldon Johnson and a Kentucky Wildcat. But <laughs> but I just yeah, I would say they're up there. I think honestly, he got like uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I would agree with that. I think Michael Malone's kind of been annoying throughout the playoffs, in my opinion. Not on basketball-wise, he's just in the media. Like, I'm sorry, Michael Malone, they're going to talk about LeBron. It's just how the media works. I know, you like— You coached LeBron for two like, years. You, no, were, you were there five years. It was five years he was in Cleveland with LeBron. Like, yeah, you like— knew, You knew what to expect, like— Yeah, it's just like, like, I, yeah, it could be annoying, but, like, what do you expect? They're not, <laughs> Jokic is not the biggest media like outlet guy. He doesn't have social media. Like they're not going to be constantly talking about your team. He doesn't have Spring Hill Entertainment. He doesn't have you know. But like you know, what he is incredible. He's very very good at basketball. Yeah, exactly. Whereas He's- like. I just didn't understand that. Like, the, I, I just didn't get that because, like, Jimmy Butler over there, like, likes it when he gets – nobody talks about him or calls him an underdog and stuff. And Michael Malone, for some reason, wants to be the front runner. I don't really know why, but, hey, <laughs> more power to him. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so I have this question for you guys. I think I asked this to the guys on the pod one day. Um, if this stands and Denver wins, okay – so you have Nikola Jokic when was picked 41st. 31st in the second round. During a Taco Bell commercial. Yep. Does this put him as the greatest late round draft pick of all time? So who would have that before him? Like so like you, he's so better than Draymond, you know. So you have think, Draymond, Manu Ginobili, Manu's uh, a good one. I think guys like Connie Hawkins. Um, We're talking modern draft, right? We're not talking like when they used to have like seven rounds. But yeah, I'm just saying in general, like just all time, like I think he already is. Yeah, is he the best? Is he the best draft pick of all time in the draft period? Like oh, based value off of, based off of value. Ooh, ooh, that's a great one. Because there could still be some I say, I so, that you could I, look at that'd be like, man, this dude should. I mean, I mean, but I mean, like, Jimmy I, Butler was drafted what thirtieth, thirtieth. Yeah. But like, I mean, I'd still rather have the third pick and take Michael Jordan, or have the first pick and take LeBron James. To be honest with you. Like, even, like, I feel like that value, like, Michael Jordan at three is even more value than, like, and I, like, Jokic is insane, but, like, honestly, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, he's, I think, yeah, he's the greatest second rounder ever, but I still think, like, I mean, even value-wise, Michael Jordan at three is a greater value than Nikola Jokic at 41st at this point. Kawhi, you know, at, like. 15 16. yeah 15 yeah but like Kawhi, he's played like 500 games in his career like i know he's been great but like you get he's like a four-time oh, all believe me we went all in on the whole Kawhi thing he's like we a went four all time, in like it like boggles my mind like he's like literally only like a four-time all-star i'm pretty sure What's his whole he's, career because he's hurt all the time it like it he or, just pisses me off i just i'm done with Kawhi Leonard. i just i don't even want to watch him at least we now know that his injuries are legit, though. It's not like he's like 
No, they're legit. Out here faking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Yeah, I definitely think it's worth the conversation. I think he's, you know, Draymond was definitely up there, but the two MVPs. I think two MVPs as far as an individual player probably put him above Draymond, even though he doesn't have a championship yet. I think he, I think he's been above Draymond. Yeah, like probably for like since he won one MVP. I think one MVP puts you above Draymond. I'm sorry, like Draymond I know he's won four rings. A, Draymond does have a Player of the Year award though. He DP. does have a defensive. Player so you have two of, the of them or one? I think he's just got one. I think he has right. one, but he has like seven first teams or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Draymond's like a four-time All Star. I think. Yeah, he's made Dray- All Star teams. I think Draymond. I mean, he's obviously a Hall of Famer. You know, hey. there's like, what about, uh, on the other end of this, does this make Jimmy, let's say the Heat pull this off. Is Jimmy the best late first rounder to ever win a championship? Well, and that's where I was, that's why I said Jimmy was picked 30th. Cause I'd have to think like, I'm looking guy, up some best late first round picks NBA. Yeah. Cause Kawhi's like still like close to lot. That's mid. That's, right. Yeah. That's mid. Yeah. Um, best Hero. draft selections after eighteen. Who? Hero was was like end of lottery. Like, yeah, he was end of lottery. Mm. Yeah, Hero was thirteen. There's been a lot of guys thirteen. Shea was like thirteen. Yeah. So was Kobe. Yeah, Kobe was thirteen. <laughs> Devin Booker was thirteen. Shea was eleven. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. Siakam was twenty seventh. That's a oh yeah, that's a good multiple one. time All Star. Tyrese Maxey, like for a young guy, not a like all timer, like but Maxey, that's a pretty good pick at that spot. I'm looking what else. Um, um it's just going year by year. Yeah, Serge Ibaka, definitely not. Rondo. Oh, Kyle Lowry was the twenty fourth pick, actually. That's right, he was. He's a six time all star. And NBA champion. Yeah, maybe two timer after this. Hey, Dylan Brooks was picked forty fifth, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dylan Brooks. Hey, somebody's gonna pay him a decent amount of money. I'm not kidding you. I guarantee it. Malcolm, yeah. what was Malcolm Brogdon pick? Because he won Rookie of the Year. He was, he was a second, second rounder. rounder. He was a second. Yeah. Rounder. He was a second rounder. Yeah, Isaiah I Thomas that. was the last pick of the draft. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, peak wise, he was arguably a top ten player for one year. Yeah, he was pretty awesome. Yeah, and he just had a weird hip thing and just never could. I've told you guys, there's a difference between Jimmy Butler and playoff Jimmy Butler. There is. Oh, yeah, no, there's a 100% difference. And I'm even even almost willing to say there's a difference between playoff Jimmy Butler and finals Jimmy Butler. Just based off of the one finals. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I mean, he single-handedly won two games. The like game five Bam didn't even Lakers play. Was awesome. The game five against the Lakers when he's like the infamous meme when he's like bent Dead, over. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. That that game's great. When like he's going back to the bench and you see him like they're in trouble. They're of course <laughs> you know they went out and destroyed Game Six. But um, the only guy to beat the Lakers that year in the Kobe jerseys. You you know what's the wildest thing to me? Jimmy Butler has only averaged more than twenty three points one time in his career. And this guy in the playoffs averages like 28 every year now. It's like yeah. it's like I've never seen anything like this. Like like LeBron for so many years like load managed the shit out of like the regular season like didn't really look like he cared that much. But like LeBron was still averaging like not much less. 
But like he's just like, you know, he lacks a date. Like Jimmy Butler seems like he does not give two shits about the regular season at all. To, to further that point. Because regular season Jimmy's like the 20th best player in the NBA. Yeah, he's been, he's been pretty open about like I don't care about being voted for the All Star team. Like I want to win a championship. He was happy this year. I remember he was like he was like I'm going on vacation. Yeah. Um, in the playoffs, listen to these wild stats about the Heat. Just to talk about how remarkable this run's been. They per 100 possessions, they averaged 3.7 points per game more in the playoffs than they did in the regular season. As a team. They shot 34% from three in the regular season. They're shooting 39%. Um, as far as time of possession, they are third at 22.1 minutes a game. And they're the best fourth quarter scoring team in the postseason. Remember the awfulness that we looked at this heat offense in like February and we were like, oh boy, this is not good to watch at all. And now we're looking at this like, oh, Oh yeah, and they're eight and one when they lead by double digits going into the fourth quarter in these playoffs. You know what I'm gonna say about this that I think is very true that matters. The fact that they have multiple guys on like the bench that are washed compared to what they used to be, but they're still future Hall of Famers. Yeah, maybe and Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry, likely because it's the NBA Hall of Fame, they'll probably both get in, but. Like, I think that matters, like, that those guys have been there before. Jimmy's been there before. Like, these guys know how to win games, seriously. Like, they're Every role time. players. They got some washed-up Hall of Famers as some of their role players. I think well, that helps, seriously. If you look at if you look at Kevin Love, um, you know, he played a lot and started, actually, early yeah. on in the playoffs. But, you know, I think that was more of a matchup thing. He was, and- he was starting until, like, two games ago. Yeah, and they didn't put him in. They didn't really want to play him that much against the Celtics because that's probably a matchup nightmare for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's almost like no guy on the floor he can guard. So I get why they didn't play him. But, like, when he was in the game, he was producing at whatever he needed to do. Like, I want to say he shot nine threes and made five of them. Um, you know, his passing ability is is second to none to, to most people at that size. I mean, we've already talked and seen about like how this dude is like could probably be a quarterback with how he throws dimes on the basketball yeah. court from ninety feet out. Um, so I, I'm assuming he's going to get some minutes against Denver. I am too. Uh, by the way, every time Kevin Love has made the playoffs, he's been in the finals. Yeah, that's just a LeBron stat, though. Seriously, <laughs> like that's all that is. Besides, like the Jimmy Butler stat, like, um. I did want to say this about Love. Like, they could really use old, fat Kevin Love in this series to guard Jokic. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. Timberwolf Love? Yes. That would be useful in this series just to – because Jokic is a little tubby there, and then you throw Love at him. But now Love is fitness model, like, jacked Kevin Love. They need old school fat Kevin Love in this series. Seriously. Send him some pizzas. Send some pizzas to Denver. Seriously. Throw in Udonis Haslam. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throw him at Jokic. Will Jokic's brothers be in the stands for this series? Probably. Yeah. Might make it a little bit more interesting. Do as we well. do we even need to talk about the whole I saw Butler between... said today that there's no beef anymore? That's a lie. That's yeah, a lie. I agree. 
he was like, we don't, we don't, we don't have issues anymore. And it's like, Markeith Morris isn't on the team. We don't like care. You're Jimmy <laughs> Butler. Like, come on now. We know how you, we know how you do things. You're the guy that beat the hell out of the Sixers in a regular season game and then went Tobias Harris over me, which is very true, by the way. But um, it was very funny. Tobias Harris, anybody would want on their team if he was making 15 million. <laughs> like, seriously, yeah. anybody would want him. But for his price, it's just so bad. So hey, gonna- Jimmy, Jimmy as a troll is like maybe one of my all time favorite villains same. in the NBA. Yeah, same. same. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, how about Jeff Green, by the way? Yet another like time he's on some team that's super awesome and he's like playing with an, an MVP. We did a show, Josh, remember a couple years ago, we did a show where we we're like, let's do the draft of all time Shaquille O'Neal teammates. We do the all time Jeff Green teammates draft in an episode this, this summer, but we have nothing to talk about because that dude's teammates, like going from Boston to Seattle to OKC to like everywhere he's been is like that. We could build some good teams with that. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he's still out there. He's still out there hitting big shots too. And Duncan and yeah, he's still producing to this day. I like him a lot. He's one of my favorite. It shows you what, what these older guys can do, man. If you just put them out there in spurts. Yeah. We're going to have Kevin Lovers, Jeff Green in some matchups in this series. Former, the the second and third best player on the 2018 Cavs. I'm not even joking. Seriously, Dude, Jeff Green was probably the 2018 best player. game seven against the Celtics. Jeff Green was so good. Jeff Green was playing 40 minutes a game for that team. Like, I seriously, know. he was the second best player because Love was hurt most of that playoffs. Yeah, and JR, of course. By the way, five-year anniversary today of the JR uh, mishap. Yeah, that was one of the saddest moments of my basketball life, <laughs> watching that. Sidebar, Monty Williams just signed a six-year deal to be the Pistons head coach. Okay. Good good hire for the Pistons. Yeah. I'm shocked he took it, but good hire for Couldn't the Pistons. do much better than that for the Pistons, for sure. No. Great yeah. hire for the Pistons. I like it. Um, All right, so – Let's do this real quick because we're, we're running a little bit closer in time. Should we do a prediction? We're going to get there. That's how I'm going to end okay. the show. But I do want to say we all kind of feel like Denver is definitely the better team here. You know, I think that's a general consensus. Um, we also both all three have discussed that we feel like it'd be silly to count the heat out of the series and just flat out say that Denver's going to run over them. Is it possible? Yeah, absolutely. We've seen what Denver's done this whole playoffs. I mean, they ran through how many Hall of Famers did they beat in this playoffs? You know what I mean? Like, and then they have this series. Um, and, you know, and then, but like, if, if the Miami Heat are going to win this series, if they are going to pull off the unthinkable, how? What do they have to do to somehow pull four wins out of this? Jimmy Butler has to go Super Saiyan. Like, seriously, that's what has to happen. I think, I think the only way you win the series is taking Joker out of the game. And how do you do that anymore? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's it's so much easier said than done. That's impossible, but I do think this is possible. Um, and I think if LeBron was a lot younger, they would have succeeded at this. The Lakers kind of found out they can get this guy in foul trouble. They did get him in foul trouble two games, and I think the Heat could probably try and do something like that and attack him at the rim. Because he's prone to kind of pick up some dumb fouls at the rim if you kind of go straight at him and attack him. Because, I mean, he's not a rim protector, and he just doesn't really 
He doesn't really get vertically. He just kind of hacks. I think that's your better option than take him out offensively. It's just trying to get him to pick up some stupid. Yeah, and the, the problem though was is when Joker was in foul trouble. You know, he sat like six or seven minutes, and like the Lakers couldn't take advantage of it. No, yeah, and, you know, and 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 I and I wonder if the same thing happens. Like if Jok if Jokic sits, can can does Miami have enough offensive firepower to take advantage of him not being on the floor? If you, there's that. There's can Miami play drop coverage at all in this series? Can they do it at all? Like, can you have someone like bounce off of Joker that can bam back out and go into the paint? Because that's not going to work if you have Jokic at the top of the key. Ooh. And I know, I know Murray's playing, and I know how great Murray played against the Lakers. But I'm telling you, I, Michael Porter Jr. is the best shooter on the floor of both he's, teams. Um, and if you get that year. guy even a remotely open look, he's going to knock it down. And he doesn't shoot the ball as much as as say a Murray does. But um, when that guy gets hot, man, like he KCP, I mean, like I said, like Denver's got these guys that like, if you just leave them, Bruce Brown, all of a sudden is is knocking threes down. Yeah. He looks awesome. On the Nets, he played like center. He played like small ball center and never shot a three. And all of a sudden he's, 45% 45% clip in the playoffs. Like, yeah. Playing point guard. They got him playing point guard. Mm-hmm. Out here just dishing the rock and shooting. But that's what I see, man. Like, in order – like, Jokic to me, I'm going to say it every time, this, to me was the MVP of the season. And he's playing in the playoffs like he was the MVP of the season. And the only way Miami can beat them is you got to completely take him out of the game. I agree. I want to ask you guys a question, though, about Jamal Murray. Do you think that – Lakers series, Jamal Murray is the real Jamal Murray because I think that Sun series is more like him reality. Like you'll get like some good, but you're gonna have just a stinker in there every one, every like fourth game, and that's what happened in the Sun series. That's what happened in the Timberwolves series, and the Lakers. This guy just didn't miss, and I think he's gonna cool down just a bit. I'm not saying he's not gonna be really, really good, but I just have a feeling he's not gonna be as hot on the perimeter with his jump shot and everything like that. No, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the for the for the the floor to fall out. Um, yeah, because he he tends to have a you know rough shooting game and stuff. Dude, he was hitting there. shots that he had no business even shooting. No, I mean yeah. he had he had a shot with Davis in his face, and I'm just like, all right, man, like yeah, you're gonna hit enough. shots like this. Like Lakers have no shot. Um, yeah, I don't. I can't see him being like that. I can't either. That's what I'm saying. I could see him being like the Sun series where he has like. A game or two like that, but also two stinkers in there too. And to be honest, he normally and to be is. honest, I actually thought he was going to win the the Magic Johnson MVP trophy until Jok- Jokic had that crazy fourth quarter in the last game, and I think that kind of put him over the top at the end. Because um, yeah. I was like, after like game three, I'm like, man, Murray's Murray's about to be MVP of the series and <laughs> mess around be MVP of the finals the way he's playing right now. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be really fun. Um, all right, let's do it. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Nuggets in five. I just think the Heat are gonna be scrappy. I think they're gonna be pull one off, specifically when they're playing at their arena. Um, I would love, 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 love to see Jimmy Butler win a championship. Would absolutely love it. Um, I I think you know, I think he's. I think he's a Hall of Famer without one with the career he's, he's grown up for himself, but getting one solidifies him. 
it's the basketball hall of fame tim he's a hall of famer right <laughs> right yeah if he specifically gets this one yeah uh winning as an eight seed that's first ballot eight then. seed yeah uh, yeah yeah so i'll say nuggets in five and i think Jokic gets mvp Oh, I'm going to go, so it would be, I mean, I want to take the heat, but I just can't. I do too. I really I do. I really want to take the heat, but I just like. I took I'll, him to beat the Celtics. I felt good about it. I'll go, I'll go. You, why do you always beat yourself? You always beat yourself. I actually like was replugging in my mic and then I was adjusting it and then I unplugged it. But all right, I'll take, I'll take Nuggets and seven. I'll say the Heat win some games, but I'm a th- I'm gonna say the Nuggets win it at home in seven. MVP? Uh, I'll go Jokic. Obviously, I don't because I, I just don't see Jamal Murray playing like that again. I'm gonna be real. If you've been paying attention to anything in the last three weeks, Tim, then you'll see why and where I'm going with this. Um, I am going Heat in seven. Let's go. Love he's it. got he's got balls. I like it. Love it. <laughs> And then I and then I I have to pick Jimmy Butler as the MVP. Not I, Caleb Martin. No. <laughs> I, I, what I saw Jimmy do in the finals a few years ago, um, if he even gives me a, a portion of that, uh, you know, I, I, I think, feel that. I think if he guy. plays like that, they win. If he plays like he did two years ago, I think they win. Because the other team had Anthony Davis when Anthony Davis was arguably the best player in the league, and LeBron, like they were dominant then. And, like, I mean, Jokic, I don't know what it is about Jokic. Like, he has to win a ring to, like, prove to me he's not, like, the Nuggets just aren't a little fraudulent. I don't know what it is. It's just, like, in my head from previous years, they're just a little fraudulent to me. So, like, I hope the Heat win. I'm not the biggest. So, how they've just ran through the playoffs, that's not enough for you? I mean, (laughs) you got to win the ring. And then, yeah, that's enough. Because if the Heat beat them, I mean, they're a million times more talented than the Heat. But the Heat are just – it's just like Jimmy Butler's going to have to perform like big yeah. time. And I hope he does. Cause I would much rather see him hold up the trophy than Jokic. I'm going to be real. <laughs> I would too, but that's like the bulls fan in me that like always knew he got jilted and had, got a raw deal with the bulls and deserved better than they were giving him. And so I'm like, stick it to them, stick it to guard packs. Even though they're not in the organization anymore, just make sure they forever know they messed up. And Yeah. Well, they trade him for Markinen, Markinen, Zach Levine, and Chris Dunn. I mean, it would be a okay trade with now Markinen if they had him still. I know it would yeah. be a pretty solid trade now. But uh, trust me, every week when Utah was playing well, we was on here just like you got to be kidding me right now. Yeah, what happened? Like he was really good like his second year, I remember, and then he just kind of fell off. And then... oh, he would always have like these huge flashes where it'd be like two weeks where he would just be so good you're like oh maybe maybe like patrick williams is the same thing there's like a week every year where patrick williams is like oh my god this is the guy they drafted fourth overall and then you're like nope no he's not nope that's not him (laughs) that's not him um all right dudes well hey so content updates that we're gonna be doing so parker and i uh after every game josh you're welcome to join obviously uh, are going to do a little bit of a finals recap after every night. So we'll obviously have the first one tomorrow night. Uh, well, if you're listening to this in your car on your way to work uh, tonight for you to have on Friday morning. 
uh, recapping game one. We're going to do that after every game in the finals. Um, Parker and Neil over on At Large Bid have a really, really cool episode for you guys to check out tomorrow. I'm going to be talking with my buddy Ian Stonebrook of The Boardroom. Ian's a good friend of the of the network. Uh, talking about Under Armour and this continuous loss of programs, of college basketball programs, taking Under Armour off their branding. So two really some really good episodes there. Um, but we're excited about the finals. It's the last step for the offseason before we get in the draft time, my favorite time of the year. And I've got a lot, a lot of ideas for draft stuff. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but hey, on behalf of Parker, on behalf of Josh, I know Sean and Ben weren't with us tonight. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, thank you all so much. Enjoy the finals. This is going to be great. It's going to be a really fun series. Um, I'm pulling so hard for the Heat to win. I really want to see Jimmy Butler <laughs> win a championship. I yeah, really, same. really do. Um, but thank you guys. Have a good night, and we'll see you for uh, the game one recap. See you guys. Night. <laughs>